Welcome to The Restless Show. My name is Father Joseph Gill, and here I am with Diane, Lauren, and Javier. Welcome to our first episode of this show. This is a new show that we began right out of Stamford, Connecticut. And a lot of people may say, well, what's Restless? What's that name all about? What is this whole show all about? Well, some of you may be familiar with the quote from St. Augustine, who said, You've made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. You know, maybe we've all had that experience, probably all of, certainly all of us sitting here and probably all of you listeners have had that experience of just wanting something more out of life. You know, this restlessness of feeling like, what is there? What's the purpose of life? What's my meaning? I remember one time when I was a teen coming home after a great weekend of camping with my friends. It was so much fun. And I just remember sitting on my bed thinking, man, that was the best weekend ever. But now what? Now what? There's got to be something more. And so in this podcast, in this show, we're going to be looking at what is that something more because all of our hearts hunger for it. And we're just a bunch of young 30-year-olds just trying to figure out what in the world is that something more. Can our Catholic faith shed light on what that hunger of our hearts is? Because we want to know what satisfies us. You know, we believe that we can find it in our relationship with God and in our Catholic faith lived out in the lives of just us. We who are pretty much nobodies, nobody famous in the eyes of the world. Just four people just trying to follow the Lord and love him as much as we can. You know, all of us, uh, all of us listen to podcasts. All of us listen to the radio. And so we thought to ourselves, you know, we've got this desire to find something more. We've got this desire to search for it. Let's share that with the world. Because I bet there's other people out there who kind of are restless, who are searching, seeking, wanting to know, you know, what's God's plan for my life? How can I find happiness? And so we're going to talk about things that apply to young adults, but we hope that also we talk about things that apply to everybody, because I think everybody's got that fundamental hunger. And we're going to talk about all kinds of different topics. We're going to talk about our relationship with Christ, our talk about prayer, talk about the Mass, our Catholic faith. We're going to talk about some practical realities like friendship and dating and marriage. We're going to talk about our work life and our recreation and sports and just living in today's culture, living in a world that so often is mixed up about the meaning and purpose of life. You know, where does our Catholic faith intersect with all of that, with everything we deal with on a daily basis as young adults, but also, you know, every, everyone I think can relate because we've got that hunger. You know, we, we want to know what's real, what's true. So I want to introduce these people who are crazy enough to come on this journey with me, Lauren, Diane, and Javier. So Lauren, tell us about yourself. What do you do for a living? What's your gig? All that stuff? Well, first, I got to say thank you for having me. I mean, and just listening to you right now, that was so inspirational. Um, you know, Father Joseph reached out to a few of us here at Stanford and said, hey, I'm launching this podcast. We have a grant. Do you want to be a part of it? And I think my heart immediately was like, yes, but I was fearful, you know, and am I the right person? Am I going to say the same, the right thing? So, um, yeah, my name is Lauren. I'm from Greenwich. I grew up there and I've been going to St. John's for about the last three years. And I met Father Joseph through RCIA when I attended with a friend of mine who was getting his confirmation. Um, and that's when I really started to learn about my faith for the first time, I gotta say. Like, I felt like it was actually taught to me, and I've just been growing ever since and wanting to learn more and more and absorb as much as I can. Um, and that's kind of where I am today, and I'm happy to be a part of this. Cool. What do you do for a living? Well, I was working in conference coordination for a while, but I was laid off because of COVID-19. So I'm uh, job searching right now, but I basically work mm -hmm. in large event planning and management. 
um, which is something I started doing a year and a half ago after getting a master's degree in sports management when I shifted gears from previously doing architectural design and drafting and that's what my undergraduate degree was in so nice yeah I'm on a journey you know figuring it out <laughs> moving on to the next thing it's all good awesome very Thank cool you. yeah welcome thanks Lauren so Javier tell me a little about that about yourself well my name is Javier as you said uh, I'll pretty much everybody I know uh, that's close to me calls me Javi um, and uh, I was born and raised in Venezuela, I moved to Houston, Texas back in 2005 and uh, went to school at Texas A&M University. I majored in uh, construction science and business and uh, moved up to Connecticut uh, where my company moved me up here back in 2015. Uh, we're building the, uh, the new Tappan Zee Bridge and uh, I'm a member of St. John's, uh, I'm a member of this parish, uh, but uh, that's as of recently. So, nice. uh, but we'll get into that. This is St. John the Evangelist in Stanford, Connecticut. Yep. And Diane. Yeah. Tell so, us who you are. <laughs> I'm Diane. Um, I grew up, was born and raised in Greenwich, actually down the street from Warren. We've known each other since fifth grade. Um, I work at PricewaterhouseCoopers in assurance, so uh, accounting background. And I've been going to St. John's for probably 10 years or so. I uh, met Father Joseph a couple years ago when he took over for the former priest and, um, you know, do a lot with the young adult community here, helped to start a young adult Catholic uh, group myself. So um, it's been an adventure and I'm looking forward to doing this podcast. Nice. Yeah, definitely an adventure. That's kind of life with Christ. So that's like your curriculum vitae, but I know you guys have like hidden talents and you know secret fun facts about yourself that you you haven't shared yet. So I'd love to hear what they are because that's how you really get to know someone is by knowing like the most random fact about them. So Diane, you've you've got a good one. Yeah, I have a twin brother. Nice, mm -hmm. nice. Are you guys? Well, I guess you're not identical. That, we are not that identical. People sense. ask that a lot. Do not ask. That's so funny. Boys and girl <laughs> twins, if they're identical. <laughs> But do you guys like finish each other's sentences? Like... <laughs> we have a, I think, a, like sort of a twin telepathy type of thing. We definitely understand what each other is thinking. It's kind of weird. <laughs> you don't understand it unless you're a twin. Nice. Nice. Cool. Javier, what's your secret hidden talent? Um, I'm a singer. I'd, I've been singing since I was a little kid, and uh, um, but I'll... I'll get more into how the Lord uh, helped me and allowed me to do that, uh, not professionally, but I'll get into that when we when I talk a little bit more about my life. So what are you doing singing now? In a band or? So I, I, I was singing for a, um, for a Christian church, for a non-denominational church. Nice. But like I said, I'll get into that kind a little bit more when I talk about myself. Bridging, bridging that divide between Catholics and non-Catholic Christians. It's, yes. It's awesome. There'll be a lot of that. That's very cool. Yeah. Uh, our ecumenical buddy here. <laughs> Lauren. Yeah, so this really is no secret to like anyone that knows me, but I play ultimate frisbee. I'm very passionate about it. And I guess the cool part is I did play professionally even for two years. So last year on a women's team called New York Gridlock Ultimate. And then the year before that on a mostly men's team called New York Empire. Um, so that was, you know, both great experiences and I have a lot of fun with it. And in normal times, I'm playing all the time, you know, multiple nights a week and traveling, playing competitively, going across the country. Uh, but because of COVID, you know, it's all been canceled. So, so you're planning to get back into it then? When oh, totally. Over? Yeah. Nice. 
She's way better than me, by the way. We've played together, and she taught me how to do the forehand flick. Yes, trying, so, you know. Try. <laughs> Always want to help someone along. It's, it's hard for me to learn that one. But <laughs> it's tricky. It well, you tricky. know, a no, lot of people don't have that. You're a fantastic player. Oh, Absolutely. thanks. That's for sure. So my, my random fact is uh, I was born on Friday the 13th, So, but that hasn't been very unlucky in my life. It's been pretty pretty chill, which is good. In what month? April. April. So All I expect right. a gift from you now. Well, April 13th. you know, April 13th. Good to know. No, to we'll remember. see if I remember it. That's right. <laughs> Got enough time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Awesome. So, you know, in today's episode, we kind of wanted to start off um, with a topic that is I think just very fascinating is to hear people's spiritual journeys because all of us are on a journey. You know, we're not where we once were. We're closer to Christ than we were, but also we're not where we should be. You know, we're kind of heading in that direction towards, you know, having Christ really kind of take over our life more and more and yielding our soul more and more to him. And it's great to get to know people's spiritual journey because you can know so much about them by hearing how God has moved in their life. And everybody's got a spiritual journey. You know, no one can say that God hasn't moved, you know, and sometimes we just need to open our eyes and see how God has moved. So, um, you know, we'll start off with Lauren. So Lauren, like, tell us about your spiritual journey. Like, how did you get to be a, a you know, a passionate Catholic right now? Sure. I can say, you know, I've always been Catholic, raised by a Catholic family, grew up going to church every Sunday that wasn't ever up for debate, um, you know, received all my sacraments as I should have. And then I recall, you know, being in college, that was the first time where I could decide for myself, did I want to go to church or not? And the, you know, the Newman Center was about 20 minutes from my campus, uh, from my dorm on campus. Where'd you go to college? The Ohio State University. The Yes, of course, I had to do that. Nice. (laughs) Buckeye. Yep, I'm a Buckeye. So um, as a freshman, I did not go every Sunday. You know, it just wasn't going to happen. But then later in my schooling, um, I really enjoyed going because there was a 7 p.m. Sunday mass with a $2 pasta dinner after. (laughs) So once I didn't have the meal plan, you know, right, the dorm meal plan, that was like the best deal. So I really enjoyed going and I was an architecture student. So I lived in the architecture building, just like endless hours. So by the time I was a senior, if I could leave that building by 1am, genuinely, that was early. Like I can't, I'm not even lying about that. So Sundays to like get a reprieve and go to church was, you know, great. I love that. So I recognize, I think at that time, yes, I want to keep going, you know, like I care about my faith. I want this in my life. And then I came back here, you know, continued going. But I guess I don't know how to describe it. I feel like I was surface level Catholic, you know, like I went to church and I had this whole upbringing, but I didn't really go beyond the surface much. I didn't have a spiritual life. And then here at St. John's, I met Father Andy and he was extremely friendly to me, as he is to many young adults that may have met him uh, while he was here. Um, so I went to a Faith on Tap, you know, something that he ran, because uh, my mom said, this is happening, and she really wanted me to go. And I went by myself, and so I met him. Like, I had seen him, you know, up at the altar at St. John's, but I met him there, and he was really friendly, and he introduced me to this really nice couple from New Canaan. And I sat with them, and got to know them, and then there was a talk about, I don't even know what at this point, you know. <laughs> uh, but then at the end, I could see that Frank, the man I had talked to, was talking to Father Andy, and I could tell, he was like, you should go talk to her, like, you should meet her, you know, she's a nice person, whatever. And then the next thing that happened is Father Andy came down and, like, put his elbows on the table and said, so tell me about yourself. And I was like, uh, you're a priest. I've never talked to a priest like this, you know? <laughs> like, 
you want to be my friend? Like I could tell he's was my age. He's just a year older than me. Uh, but yeah, it was a little alarming. Um, and uh, it was quite funny. Like That's the reaction many priests have on people. <laughs> well, I just hadn't encountered a young, friendly priest before. Mm. Like really never even seen them at any mass. So even, so, even in college, you didn't have like young mm-hmm. priests? It's nope. Just kind of the... not, nope, not at all. So... Yeah, and he just befriended me like instantly and was like, hey, my friends and I like to go, you know, um, out uh, for Fridays during Lent. Do you want to join us? I'm like, sure. You know, so that Friday he texted me and was like, hey, we're going here. Do you want to come? And I went and like that's how our friendship started. And uh, I think he was like what I needed at the time. Like I wanted to learn so much more, but I didn't even know it. Right. Because I was just living surface level. Um, So through his friendship, I had so many conversations about everything, you know, all these things I had questions about and that he could explain and whatever. It just kind of went from there. Um, I ended up doing the adult RCIA because I was trying to get a friend of mine to get confirmed. And then Father Andy was like, well, you should come too. And I'm like, but I'm already confirmed. You know, I don't need to do this. And he's like, well, I teach the class. You'll like it. And I was like, all right, I like you. You know, you are my friend. I'm learning a lot from you. So I'll do it. And then I learned so much, right? I really didn't know the catechism at all. So mm. that was great. And then he went on to join a religious community in Spain and invited me and like all our friends, Diane, you know, to come out. So Diane went before me um, and uh, <clears throat> he said, you know, these are the dates. He kind of gave like March, April, May, June, whatever of, of this year of 2020. And he made this comment like the flights are cheaper in March. So I said, oh, okay. So I was in the back of my mind. And then I had just three days at work that I had to use up before the end of March or I would lose them. So I looked at those dates. I saw flights. I booked the flights two weeks before the trip. This was this past March when, you know, COVID-19 was surging and it was becoming more and more dangerous and we didn't know and whatever it was. So I booked the flight um, and I went out there and that would, I would say was clearly like another step in my development, in my spiritual life, you know, to spend three days with this religious community that's beautiful and they teach the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius. So it's all about, you know, living in your spiritual life, which had never been taught to me before. So certainly felt invigorated with the Holy Spirit through that experience, and I took that back with me, and, uh, you know, since then, it was like I was totally invigorated to read the Bible, so I opened up the New Testament, and I just churned through the Gospels, and I could feel like I was getting more out of them than I ever had, and I've read, you know, people experience that, right, when they're more connected to the Holy Spirit, started doing silent prayer more, same thing, I can feel that there's a connection, you know, Um, and now, and then I consecrated myself to Mary, in the month of May, that was a good thing to do. <laughs> Beautiful, yeah. So it's just, yeah, that's where I'm at now, and I just feel like God is leading me, you know, one step at a time. I don't know exactly what's next. I mean, it seems like this podcast is next, right? <laughs> having a, having a, you know, friendship and uh, fellowship in our faith, right? So just kind of taking it one day at a time and continuing to grow. That's awesome. Wow. It's great to hear that friendship can be such a catalyst, you know, for conversion and, and just a deepening of faith. I think, yeah, probably all of us can testify to somebody that in our life that just befriended us and, and took us that next step, yeah. you know? That's awesome. Beautiful. Diane, would you like to go next? Sure. Thanks, Abby. Um, yeah, so my story is, I mean, I guess somewhat similar to Lauren's. I grew up in a very solid Catholic family, went to Mass every Sunday, prayed the rosary before Mass every Sunday, but... Um, 
you know, I, I remember just as a kid, you know, getting yelled at for <laughs> not paying attention, not, you know, doing things um, that I wasn't supposed to be doing when we were praying together and all that. Um, not you, Diane. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, yes. It was pretty bad. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, Mom. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so then, you know, I... It was it was just really a surface level type of thing. It was going to mass every Sunday. Every other day of the week looked pretty much the same. Um, I didn't really have much of a prayer life. Um, I remember going to. I went to Fairfield University. I remember between classes sometimes stopping into the chapel honestly because I was just like so distraught by many things um, and I needed a break. And I remember feeling peace, you know, being in the chapel. Um, and then when I graduated, I started at PwC and um, very long hours. And, um, you know, I think the motto there is kind of like work hard, play harder. And I kind of got a little caught up in that at the beginning, um, just going out a lot on Friday and Saturday nights and like really hanging out with the wrong crowd and, you know, um, really not feeling very content with myself, um, searching for, you know, like you think you're going to be happy by doing all these things and you end up just feeling more empty. Um, so I, I don't know what it was really. I mean, honestly, the Holy Spirit just, um, I heard about from someone actually at St. John's about Catholic underground in New York city. Um, and I started to go and, um, I mean, it's basically a young adult holy hour with some social, you know, events after. Um, so I'd go into the city for that. And then they started doing them in Connecticut. Um, and I actually, you know, I, I really struggled to find, to meet anybody young who was like practicing their faith and um through those events i actually met a few friends and i was like wow i mean i mean we're talking about friendship before other people can really inspire you to go deeper in your own faith and um i met some of those people who are very holy and living very um virtuous lives and it just made me want to be a better person so i mean gradually um i started you know doing adoration more um a few lengths ago I made a resolution to go to daily mass honestly I was just gonna I was like all right 40 days and then I'm done um and then it was just transformational I think that was the um the biggest you know blessing of my life and from there just praying the rosary daily consecrated myself to Mary like Lauren mentioned um met Father Andy, um, and actually because of his sort of love for the youth, I guess, um, like he kind of helped us to start, um, a young adult group here in Stanford, um, called Catholic Adventures. And we just organized a lot of fun events that were social and also had, you know, um, religious aspects to kind of draw people in, evangelize, started doing, you know, street evangelization, um, went on a silent retreat to Spain of all, like, <laughs> Of all places, I never would have imagined myself. I'm such an introvert, but uh, yeah, it's just been quite a journey so far, and I'm very excited to see where the Lord leads in the future. Well, as an introvert, a silent retreat should be perfect for you, right? Yes, you don't yes. Have to interact no, that, with anyone. that was ideal. <laughs> <laughs> it was just getting there. It was across from like the biggest prison in uh, Spain as well, so that was a oh little intimidating. That was a fact that Father Andy left out. <laughs> when I went, they had moved, so I wasn't near the big prison. <laughs> okay. This uh, this community is called. H-A-M, Hermanos Amor Misericordioso, which, Javier, translate that for me, because I'm... Brothers in the... the, the, ooh, merciful, the merciful love. love yeah. Brothers in Merciful Love, yeah. It's a, it's a very new community. I think it's only been around for maybe, what, 20 years or yeah, so? Yeah, it's yeah. pretty new. And uh, so he's one of, I think, 12 priests in the entire order, and they're just out of Spain. They, they would do the, uh, the exercises of St. Ignatius and preach retreats. 
Diane, thanks for sharing. That's, that's kind of an amazing story. So Javier, it's your turn. Tell us a little bit about how you came to know Christ, you know, where your spiritual journey has taken you. So mine, mine is a little bit different than Lauren's and Diane's and yourself. Um, uh, so I was, uh, I was born in Venezuela, like I said earlier, and um, I was uh, born into a Catholic family. My parents, I was blessed that my parents spoke the, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ um, since I was a little kid, since I was a baby. Um, I went to a Catholic school and I do remember being uh, very religious uh, when I grew up. I uh, I used to pray the rosary every night and if my parents were arguing I actually remember praying the rosary two or three times because uh, I actually believed that if I prayed the rosary two or three times they would eventually stop. Sometimes they did and most times they didn't but <laughs> but I know uh, the Lord was working through that um, through my obedience and through my faith and um, and I'd love to I love to go to mass when I was in when I was in in school. Uh, maybe not so much with my parents. Uh, I think it was different. You know, I'd get a lot very distracted with my brother and stuff. And but I do remember having a passion towards uh, the Lord. And uh, actually, my 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 family thought that I was going to become a priest because uh, after mass on Sundays, I used to sit at the priest's uh, chair every single Sunday. And there's even pictures of that. And um, but. Uh, the Lord took me in a very interesting journey. Uh, we moved to the States, like I said, in uh, 2005, and thinks... Uh, How old were you then? I was 15. I go with the year. 1990, okay. I go with the year. Nice. Um, and so, yeah, <clears throat> high school here was uh, different. I went to, I guess what you see in, on, on TV when they talk about the stereotypical high school and stuff, you know, the 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 popular kids and the heavy partying and the drinking and the drugs and stuff and so I saw it all and I came from a country where drinking was already pretty bad I mean that was you know you, you wouldn't do that by yourself you would do that supervised and stuff and um, drugs were a huge no-no and then I came into high school here and uh, parties were completely different and needless to say that had a huge impact in my spiritual journey I Kind of stopped going to mass and uh or stopped wanting to go to mass my parents would have to drag me to mass and um i stopped kind of praying as much as i did and uh, i took that on into college and although i did start going to mass on my own in college but there wasn't a spiritual growth until i would say i think it was my senior year of college i tuesday nights i started going to a an evangelical uh, service um, there was a lot of praise and worship, and um, the preaching was, wow, it, it really got to me. Um, and I, I didn't understand what the Mass was all about back then. I, I know that now. So the Mass for me was all about what you get out of it, and you know. And so that's what I, that's what I saw in the services. And so I started growing and um, getting more interested in reading the Bible and stuff. And fast forward, I moved to Connecticut in 2015 and I uh, started going to an evangelical church and began, you know, going to small groups and reading and studying the Bible a lot more and falling in love with the Lord through His Word and uh, somewhere, somehow, I think within the last six months or so, um, he, well, actually it started about a year and a half ago to two years ago, he uh, started bringing me back to the Catholic Church. It all began with 
uh, through Catholic Adventures, the, the uh, organization that Diane leads. And uh, we started a Bible study group. Um, and I, I just felt that, that strong call from the Lord to bring the Bible to my, you know, my Catholic brothers and sisters. Because I grew up Catholic and I never read the Bible. And, you know, I'd ask around and most of my friends didn't really read the Bible on a daily basis. And so we brought it up and um, now we've been through, we went through the Bible timeline, which is a whole study of pretty much the whole Bible. And uh, then now we're finishing up the, the book of Matthew and from then, uh, this past six months have been huge for me. I, I, I can now say that the Lord has brought me back into the Catholic Church, and I'm even going to traditional Latin Mass. So <laughs> <laughs> that's where I'm at. And I'm, I'm I, well, you know, I, I even kind of discern, you know, about priesthood and everything. And so, yeah. You know, that's the cool thing about being Catholic is that you can have praise and worship and the traditional Latin Mass, and there's nothing that contradicts. Amen. Like both are both are totally cool about yeah. being Catholic. Yes, one hundred percent. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, welcome like I said, back. It was a different one, so yeah. Yeah, thank but, you. But everyone's on a journey. Yeah, I'll mm. tell you just kind of briefly about my own journey, which, uh, I, you know, I've been very blessed that I, I've never never missed a Sunday Mass in my life. So like, it's always been kind of on my heart, even as a little kid. You know, I remember. Did you ever play Mass as a little kid? Can't say that I did. No, <laughs> that's good. That might be a little weird. <laughs> My sister always wanted to be the priest, and I was like, "You little liberal! No, you can't be a priest." No, but <laughs> so I used to use like you know potato chips and grape juice and everything, you know. And so and and I was very devout as a little kid. Um, you know, I loved going to church, loved doing the Stations of the Cross as as a family, and um, but then I hit like you know twelve, thirteen, and all of a sudden, and so you know I was thinking about the priesthood as a little kid, and then you know I kind of discovered girls were pretty. And so the priesthood like left my mind. And also I discovered kind of, um, you know, when I was kind of reflecting on my own talents, I just wanted to use them for my own ego, you know? So my goal in life, I had three, like two things I wanted to become. I wanted to either be a professional sports reporter or like an announcer, because I love speaking. Oh, you're and, and good I, at that. And I love sports, but I'm really bad at them. So, <laughs> as Lauren can attest. No, from my first not bad. Skills. But I can see you being good at sports announcing. Well, that was that was my goal. Yeah, I really wanted to do sports announcing, um, or if if that didn't work out, you know, be a professional rock musician, because like music was my life, baseball was my life, girls were my life. That was that was my life, you know, as a teenager, and it just and God was kind of on the back burner. I, mean, I still went to mass, I still prayed, but it was you know kind of selfish prayers and just you know God help me in this baseball game, you know, things like that. One of the big turning points was when I was fourteen. I had the chance to go to Rome on a pilgrimage. And it was just eye-opening to me. You know, it was just, I was just excited for 10 days without my parents in a foreign country because it was with the youth group and it was like, oh, this is great. But I remember walking into the Colosseum thinking, you know, over 10,000 men, women, and children died for Christ right here on that spot. Why do I not take my faith more seriously? I mean, they thought it was worth shedding every drop of their blood for. Like, and here I am just going through the motions, you know? So when I went back home, I thought, you know, I got to I got to do something with my life that actually matters, you know, that means something. So I started thinking about the priesthood a little bit. I started praying more. I started getting more into my faith. And thankfully, the very next year, my parish started perpetual adoration. So adoration 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And my parents signed up for an hour a week and they would invite me to go. And at first I was kind of like, eh, it sounds really boring. Here I am a 15 year old kid. But then I thought, you know, if I really believe what I say I believe, that this is really the body and blood of Jesus, why would I not want to go and spend an hour with God himself who's inviting me? 
you know, so I said, well, okay, logically, I guess it makes sense. And I, you know, I started to spend more time with God in prayer and especially in silence in that adoration. And I know it sounds super cheesy, but like I fell in love with God, yeah. you know, and I just, from that moment on, you know, from the time I was like 16, I just got, I was like, you know what, this is it. Like the world cannot offer me happiness. Like I know Christ alone is it. Because I remember, you know, I was, I was also homeschooled, which was kind of cool. You know, I really loved being homeschooled. In my senior year of high school, I got to take some classes at a local community college. And that was my first experience of kind of like Javier, like you were saying, of like seeing the world for who it is. Because being homeschooled, like I never met anybody that did drugs. I didn't know what drugs were, didn't know what they looked like, you know. And, but here I am going to this, you know, public you know, community college. And I met these people who were potheads and people who were all about the money and people who were just, you know, trying to get ahead in life. And I was just kind of looking around at the different ways people were living their lives. And I said, you know, what leads to happiness? Because that doesn't look happy to me. You know, I felt that restlessness, really. And so I was like, all right, what can find me happiness? You know, I really was like searching there, senior year of high school. And what, what I fell back on was, you know, what has led to the only happiness and the only meaning I could find is God. You know, having a relationship with him and seeking holiness. Because everything else, when you die, it's just going to end. You know, but, but God is going to go on forever. So that's what led me to, to who I am today. And, and it's just been a continual growth since then. But man, God is amazing. And it's awesome to hear all of your stories. You know, all of you listening to us have amazing stories too. You know, amazing stories of how God is moving in your life. And I hope you come and join us on our next episode and our, our future episodes where we talk more about not only our stories, but kind of the grand story of what God is doing in our lives and history and just in the world, you know, and how we can navigate this world with the grace of God. So I just want to thank all of you for listening in for our first episode of Restless. Please join us next time as we dive deeper into the world as we know it through the lens of Christ. So on behalf of Diane, Javier, and Lauren, thanks so much. You can catch us on 1350, that's Veritas Catholic Radio, and also wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks, and see you next time.